Welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are around Australia or around the world. It really does mean the world when you take the time out of your day to listen to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks very much. Hey, this week we've got a special episode. We have golf on both sides of the Atlantic. Golf in the US at the Barbasol, golf in Scotland at the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Golf Club, one of my favourites. And there's a whole heap of stuff happening with this US Senate inquiry into the PIF DP World Tour, PGA Tour merger that continues to deliver information that people want to learn about and know about and people certainly want to keep talking about. So we're going to chat about all of that, plus a little bit of the results from last weekend's golf with uh, the US Women's Open, the John Deere, the Maiden Himalayan, some special stuff happening out there. Thanks for tuning in. Here's Scott Carter and myself with this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to your, uh, well, I can't call you part-time co-host role anymore because it's, you know, like maybe one more one more uh, elevated event and you're on the tour. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you yeah. for coming back, Scotty. How are you, mate? You're well? <laughs> yeah, no worries, Roscoe. Thanks for having me on, on your show. Uh, appreciate it, mate. Um, good to be back. It's been fun. So, yeah, there's been a lot happening in golf and I guess lots to talk about. I'm wondering, you know, in, in full disclosure to uh, the audience, you know, my the audience uh, knows, and you're one of the audience, you know, you've been one of our long-time listeners and very strong supporters, and, you know, if uh, that's a qualification for being recruited as a co-host, that's um, I'm fine with that. But yeah. uh, I remember last <laughs> yeah. time when certain uh, news broke, Mike and I were doing the podcast and the news broke like an hour after we'd finished recording. And uh, the next day oh, yeah. there was a whole series of, obviously we're talking about the PJ Tour news and the PIF and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then there was a whole yeah. host of uh, emergency pods. I'm just wondering if tomorrow the uh, yep. podcast field feeds are going to be filled with emergency pods based on all of this uh, Senate inquiry news that's been coming out today as we actually did record an episode last night, which uh, the internet gremlins got in the way. So we just pulled the plug on it last night and maybe... Maybe it's to the audience's benefit because we will be able to talk a little bit about some of this uh, Senate inquiry stuff that seems to be yeah. just giving us more more fodder to talk about. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good for content, as uh, a lot of people would say. But um, yeah, sorry about last, last night, mate. I need to get uh, Aussie broadband on that Wi-Fi and get that fixed up. But uh, but yeah, it turns out it's probably a good thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's. Don't worry, you don't have to explain internet gremlins to me. I've I've been interviewing some of the biggest <laughs> biggest names in golf over this journey, and uh, you know, between sitting on zooms, having two zooms, and having you know sitting on one and the other person sitting on the other, and me swearing and they can hear me and I can't hear them, and all that sort of stuff, and internet glitching doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's just a little podcast here, mate. There's only me, there's only me, you, Mike, Mike's mum uh, listening, and my dad listens if I put it on YouTube. So that's all it's listening anyway. Hey, um, you play golf today? <laughs> rumor rumor has it around the. Uh, around the traps that you might have uh, had a game of golf today. How was that? I always like to get your form check. Yep. No, it was it was great, mate. It was like 16 or 17 degrees today in Melbourne, so uh, nice and sunny. Um, but no, I was out at the Royal Spring Valley um, this morning, um, looking good for this time of year and, and under the sun. So uh, no, it was a good day. It was a good day. Finished strong. So that was um, always a good way to finish. Okay. Are you going to declare what the finish strong number was? Oh mate, I'm 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 I may have finished birdie birdie um to uh to pull back a few points I was missing, but uh, thirty three points for the day. I was actually I was seven down on handicap, teeing off on the fifteenth, so I got back to to uh, to three down. So okay. um I was happy with that. 
Okay. Maybe the well, care factor went out the window and I just relaxed a bit and could well, hit the ball. Mental mastery, you know, expectation management and uh, yeah. all of that. Where, where, where did you uh, come unstuck? You know, if you if you got behind the uh, behind the eight ball a bit, what happened? Don't tell me it was a driver with that initiative shaft. No, mate, that that driver is uh, is working very very well. Um, yeah, putting, mate. To be honest, I had a couple of three putts in a row that uh, that cost me a few shots. Um, yeah, just silly little ones. Um, but yeah, that 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 was where it all fell down today, or to come unstuck. So, but having said that, you know, I I, um, I uh, won part of the last four holes, I think. So, um, so the stats the stats came good in the end. The Toulon the Toulon design came good in the end. Hey, so what we're going to talk about tonight, being that it is actually, mate. Oh, no, sorry. so I. I, I oh. Took, I took the tool on out of the bag because I've been struggling so much with the flat stick. I took the tool on out of the bag and I actually put in the uh, the old Nike unitized retro. So uh, it's a blade putter and um, it is a very nice looking putter in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I put that in the bag today and uh, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 for how it felt. And the three putts, you know, definitely hurt, but that was more user error for sure. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with it for a little while. Is that a rare, rare beast now? Is that like a collectible? That Nike? I don't know. I'm not familiar with the. Yeah. Is it the one with the um the sort of angled, yeah. angled lines on the face? The um insert um, sort it of. Is. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the one. Um, it's all kind of one one piece. Um, uh, shaft and head all in one piece. So it's uh, it, it is pretty unique. Um, I don't think there was too many getting around back in the day, but and it was it was pretty expensive for a putter back then, but. But yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful stick, um, and yeah, worked okay. Uh, so it's not for sale. It is oh. not for sale. No, oh, okay. not that one. No. Oh, I just you know I'm just I've got a putting... couple of method putters in there that I could sell. Oh, okay. but... <laughs> oh, well, you know, like when you hear when you talk about you know rare things, you know, I know people at the other end listening going, I "Wonder if he wants, to, wonder if he wants to sell it." You know, is that for sale? So yeah. I'm just putting it out there. No, it's not for sale. Don't send messages saying, "Is no, not Scottish for sale. unique?" No. no. Okay. Hey, um, so what we're going to talk about no is DMs. Just... Thanks. Being that it's a little later in the week, a lot of podcasts have already come out, but we're just going to talk about the uh, results from last weekend because you know, obviously the Women's uh, US Open was you know, a pretty significant event and there were some uh, great results, results that we weren't expecting and some other results in there that we should really acknowledge. Uh, we had the John Deere, so we'll just quickly yep. touch on that. We had the Maiden Himalayan. So some great finishes in um, those tournaments. And then, of course, we've got uh, the Teepster results to talk about and then the two events this weekend. We've got a double header. If you are in the Teepster team, uh, get your tips in. You probably have a minute to get the tips in by the time you listen to this when it gets into your ears. Uh, we've got the Barbasol, which is uh, being played at uh, the Keen Trace Golf Course in Kentucky. And then we've got uh, my personal favourite event of the year probably, uh, the Genesis Scottish Open, which is at the Renaissance Golf Club in East Lothian. And then we're going to spend a bit of time talking about, uh, you know, what we've read in all of this uh, Senate inquiry stuff that keeps just filling us, uh, filling us with yep. interest. So, mate, um, you watched okay. a fair bit of yeah. the, the US Women's Open, which was won by 25-year-old Hawaiian Alison Corpus. What were your takeouts from uh, watching yeah. that at one of your favourite golf courses? I know you've been there a couple of times. Uh, what did you take away from yeah, that? Yeah, I'll never get sick of seeing uh, seeing Pebble Beach on TV. I could sit and watch it all day. But um, 
Oh, mate, I mean, what a what a cool customer on the course on that uh, final day, Alison Corpus, like so finishing at nine under, six birdies in a final round, just did not get, you know, f- um, flustered or, or, or uh, off, off, you know, concentration at all. So she was just um, so chilled and her demeanour just stayed very neutral the entire day until she uh, put the ball in the hole on 18. But um, great to see her get her first win. She's pretty young in terms of like rookie she turned turned pro what in 2022 so um just getting started and i tell you what mate if she can maintain those kind of ice cold veins during a sunday then um then she's probably going to be in the mix and uh and put a few away um throughout her career uh, but as you said, mate, Hawaiian, just like Michelle Wee West, who uh, bowed out of professional golf on um, during this tournament, um, and yeah, so Allison actually reset, uh, broke Michelle's record for the youngest person to ever qualify for the U.S. Public Links at just ten years old. So she's been a prodigy for quite some time, um, and yeah, great to see her get the job done on Sunday. Um, but also really cool to see Charlie Hull um, playing some pretty incredible golf on that final round um, when she, she was six under through 11 and looked like she was making a real charge um, and almost created her own iconic moment there on, on 18 at Pebble with, uh, with, a, with an awesome quote. What did she say? Shy kids don't get sweets and then ripped a three wood and, uh, and just about put it on the front edge of the green and, and to give her a chance for Eagle, but, but just, uh, trickled into the bunker and, um, and, and wasn't to be, but, uh, but geez, she's, she's great to watch golf, watch, um, play golf, isn't she? Well, her, the way she plays golf really does back up her Instagram prowess. You know, like you watch, you look at her account and it's, it's pretty showy. Um, you know, she's a, Great looking girl. Um, she gets us, puts herself out there, has a lot of fun with it, and uh, attracts a bit of attention. Um, and she's just a, you know, girl from from England that loves a golf, and uh, she can play golf. She seems like she's been out there for a while, but only twenty seven or thereabouts, and um, mm. just gives just hits it very very hard. She spends a lot of time training uh, clearly, and um, she just hits the golf ball very very strongly. And um, you know, on a day she can really play very well and she did that on uh on Sunday and it just I think everyone that follows the women's game and follows her you know it's just great to see her getting you know a, a strong result um you know because she's not had the greatest of time you know at all times in her career but she's always been there she's a Solheim Cup player and um yes yeah, great yep. I, I followed her for a couple of holes at the uh, women's yeah. open last year uh and um you know she would put a lot of a lot of uh, strong men to shame how far she would hit it past them. Um, she she's good. And Gia Shin, uh, yeah, no, don't know, yep. didn't know a lot about Gia Shin until I sort of did some research on her when she came down to the Australian Open this year. Um, obviously, uh, she's an Evian yeah. winner, the major champion winner, and she really was the, one of the players that put. Ash Buhai, the winner of the Australian Open, under a lot of pressure right up until mm-hmm. the last hole and um, very, very quality golfer. Been playing, again, on tour for a long time, JLPGA, KLPGA, Korean, Korean uh, woman who speaks Japanese and Korean. And uh, so, you know, a lot of people were surprised to see her up there, but no, not me because she's a bloody good golfer. So she finished, you know, T2. And then Bailey yeah. Tardy, who, who was – Right up there, young uh, American girl, right up there sort of leading on day three, I think she was. Um, 
you know, just yep. three, uh, plus one on the last day, finished the three under. party was nearly in full effect. <laughs> Uh, your your mates at no laying up very big very big on the tardy party and I thought you know stop pinching our terms you know that's clearly a reference to the Barty party um, <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, you know leave our terms alone uh, Tron um, yeah but anyway the rest of the field NASA Hataoka and uh, Ayaka Furue. Um names that we all come familiar with well you know, can Furue. Furue. it's easy yeah. very easy well very done. Easy. Tron, pronunciation. Tron struggles with it. He loves having a struggle with furue, but it's easy. Furue, furue. Um, I could, I could probably actually, actually know enough Japanese writing. I could probably even write it. Furue, three oh, symbols. Look out. Yeah, it's like Ross. Ro, yeah. s, Ross is ro su, and then Flanagan is fu ra ni ga n. I can write that for you. There you go. Uh, Mate. Anyway, enough. I think the last time I was on Roscoe, we, we were, we were, you were schooling everyone on heating and cooling, and this time you're teaching everyone Japanese. This ain't just a golf podcast, mate. This is uh, this is quality. This is hey. all, all all types of skill development S- here. Skoshi nihongo hanashimasu desu. Hey, arigatou gozaimashita. There you go. No, I was the. Um, you're welcome. My, thank you very much. That's doitashimaste. Doitashimaste. Don't touch my mustache. Doitashimaste. No, I was I was the number. Uh, in my first ever job at Suzuki, I was the, um, you know, the designated golf kid. You know, I was a junior and uh, in Suzuki was a Japanese company, obviously. You had some Japanese uh, directors and they had two assistants. Yep. And uh, clearly, as we've just talked about, NASA Hataoka and um, Ayaka Furue, they love the golf for Japanese. And uh, the Aussie motorcycle contingent didn't love the golf except for me and because I was a decent golfer. Right. Um, the Japanese directors yeah. loved having a Rossan special meeting on Sunday, please. So that was code. Yeah, Rossan, Rossan. That was code to go and have a, join them for a game of golf because they didn't they didn't really want the other Aussies to know that I was playing golf. I would become their golf buddy. So they had <laughs> we had to keep it a little bit. Please, yeah, please, Rossan, please keep quiet. Yeah, no problems. Just a game yeah, of golf. Classic. Like, oh, Greg Norman. Oh, da, da, da. No, that's funny. Uh, anyway, we digress. Um, uh, good uh, but times, anyway, Roscoe. The, the Aussies, good times. we talked about the Aussie contingent last week and uh, mm. we had a, a bunch finish, um, bunch finish with Grace Kim, uh, yep. Minji and uh, Hannah Green, all finishing T13 on, uh, what yeah. did they finish on? Minus four, plus four, sorry. Yeah, f- f- four over. Yeah, good to see Grace Kim there, mate. She's she's having a good, uh, a good start to her career over in uh, the US, isn't she? So... Good to see you there. And Lydia Ko from across the Dutch, um, she was at T33. And Gabby Ruffles was the other Aussie there um, at T33 as well, plus eight. So um, so not too bad. But, um, but yeah, so a couple of legends of the game bowing out, really, of the US Open in Michelle Wee West and uh, Annika Sorenstam playing their last uh, US Open. But um, so, Thought, yeah, end of an on, era for those. But Thoughts on... Uh... And I forget the young lady who's one of the top golfers. Um, I forget the name. Sorry, I forget a lot. But she's got an Aussie caddy uh, who was paired with Annika and Michelle Wee West. Um, and now I listened on one of the other podcasts. The caddy, they were surprised that one of the top billings um, players got paired with the two golfers. That's that were, right. Yeah, basically, you know, they were sort of referencing that. You know, it's an exhibition. You know, it's almost like an exhibition for them to say yeah. say goodbye and you know to put one of the top players um, with them. Who was it? Cheapest Weepers. She was major champion. Um, 
Anyway, I forget. Sorry, my ignorance. Uh, but yeah, uh, what did you think yeah, about that? It was that? a bit of a weird pairing, wasn't it? To to kind of throw who in there. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird pairing. I mean, I I, I like how they uh, how they do mix up the pairings. Um, the USGA does that um, for the US Open in both men's and women's, and tries to kind of pull these little um, groups together um, that have some kind of connection. But that one just felt, yeah, a little bit a little bit off center, I guess, for uh, for her. Um, and she was right in the mix there, right up, right up through you know the first couple of rounds, while the other two were were shooting kind of seventy nines. But um, um, but yeah, and there seemed apparently uh, a little bit of you know historical bad blood between Annika and Michelle Wee West. You know, going back to when Michelle Wee West was you know like fifteen, sixteen, coming on to tour and really setting the world alight, and you know pretty much that was in Annika when she was in her prime that there was a. Reported a little bit of argy yeah, right. I don't want to misrepresent. misrepresent it's just what I heard along the way. But anyway, uh, two greats of the game: mm. Annika Sorensen and uh, Michelle Lee West. Uh, Gabby Ruffles. She'll she will get a uh, LPGA Tour mm. card this year. She'll earn that, and uh, yep. and, uh, and yep. she will be playing on the LPGA Tour, and she will win in the next uh, year or so. Is my uh, my tip? Yep. Um, okay, but mate, I tell you, like watching a little bit of the women's golf there in that last day, especially, and, and kind of keeping an eye on it throughout the week. But um, bloody hell, they're good, aren't they? And they're just so straight and consistent. And it just made me, um, made me want to watch more women's golf and um, and follow it a little bit closer. You know, I think it's great they put them up on that big stage of pebble, and um, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was great to watch. Great golf, great course, um, great coverage. Yeah, really good. Really good week. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. It's very enjoyable watch um, watching uh, the women's game. It's uh, fantastic because they just they can play all the shots and uh, they just have to control the ball different, differently. You know, it's they can't mm. they can't fly these golf balls at pins and and get it to stop like the men's game can. You know, they just don't generate the same amount of spin. So they have to play all these other shots um, and crafty mm. golf shots, which really more more akin to what most of the golfing population have to play week in, week out. Yeah. And, it's more um, relatable, isn't it? Yeah. Like... But, but just the way that they can control all of those shots, you know, especially the the ground game. Yeah. You, know, you look at the 17th, the par, par three, 17th, the par three, you know, they're pleating five irons in. And, yes. And there's that's par just, three. Yeah. Yeah. Asked a lot of them. They had to had yeah. to play a really good shot to get any chance of getting it on the keeping it on the green, especially that to that back pin. Yeah, that's good stuff. Mm. Hey, um, the John Deere. But just for the record, oh, Roscoe, yes. uh, what's what's not relatable? Was just sorry, just want to clear up. I just said it was relatable. Um, what's not relatable is their skill and you know the consistency and and how good they hit the shots. So just to just to make sure I misinterpreted there that I was feeling like I could relate to a professional women's golfer on a skill level. Absolutely not. Uh, I I don't want to burst your bubble, but um, you know, thirty three points at Spring Valley on a on a on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, birdie, birdie, finish. It's up there, like it's yeah, you know, it's, fair it's, it, Come on, but you did, you have you have, <laughs> so you have declared your uh, position there. Hey, um, very good. Let's keep moving. Uh, John Deere, John Deere, big the big Austrian. John Deere, Sepp Straka, the big the big Austrian. Big big final round sixty two. Um, I mean, <laughs> I had to have a bit of a chuckle because he, he was standing middle of the fairway on eighteen with one hundred and eighty in, um, staring at a staring at a fifty nine with a par. I mean, a birdie birdie would have got him fifty eight, I think. And um, but but he dunked it in the water and made double. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't. <laughs> 
if you're going to blow a 58, you want to really blow it, right? But uh, yeah, 58, it was it yeah. was an amazing round that he had going up until, you know, that point. But um, yeah, Sepp Straka, um, interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, a lot of calls uh, for him, you know, to be thrust straight into the uh, Ryder Cup contention mix. Um, you know, some people yep. are saying, no, he's still a way away from being that good. I don't know what your thoughts are, but, uh, you know, it just seems to be that if you, if you get a win, then all of a sudden you're good enough to qualify for the team. But obviously one one win on the PGA Tour is not his first win, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. No, what do you think? He's, do you think? He's, he's probably a bit inconsistent, um, you know, over over the, the time. But uh, I tell you what, I mean, if he, if he racks up some good finishes – over the next um, the next few weeks, um, leading into to August, I don't know when they make their picks, but um, but yeah, I mean he's got to be in the conversation. I mean he's just he's just won a tournament, like he's doesn't get you automatic, you know, consideration, but he, he gets him into the conversation for sure. Um, I'm I'm sure Seamus Power is in in the conversation, maybe well, as well. Know, I don't know, but uh, he know, was playing good golf he, there a little while you, ago. But you know who is in the conversation, Ludwig, Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig. Yeah, minus um, eight final round T four. The hype is real, Roscoe. If I'm if I had a direct line to uh, Luke Donald, I'm saying Luke, Luke, put him in, put him in. And <clears throat> worst, you know, you get him as a reserve or whatever it is, and get him in as around the team, and you know, make him yeah, just be around totally, the team mate. and get some and, experience. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think uh, the US are probably heavy favourites going into this, and it's not mm. like you want to like just you know give up and blood blood all the the young the young guys. But uh, I mean, jeepers, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you put um, Ludwig and then also the Rasmus brothers in there um, for that experience and and uh, and and yeah, give them that experience in the hot seat and uh, and who knows? I mean, they're bloody good golfers, so on their day they could. Probably beat a lot of guys. Like, um, wouldn't be a bad risk, I reckon. Mm, no, he's he's certainly uh, on form. Uh, now, on, who was on form was uh, my tipping, courtesy of last week's podcast co-host and slash guest uh, Tom Power Horn, because he great job, firm, Tommy. Great, very, very I actually firm. saw him hitting balls at uh, Spring Valley this morning. Oh, really? He's been getting around. Like he, we did the podcast, mm. and then he was next thing I see, he's playing at the Lakes, and then he's playing at the Australian and, and New South Wales, and now he's back down at uh, Spring Valley. So, getting around in prep for his uh, European tour assault. Uh, but he did firmly steer us towards Brandon Todd. Uh, which wouldn't have been a player that I probably would have had on the radar. I don't know why. I probably don't know Brandon Todd uh, that well, but um, uh, he did me proud and uh, same coach as him. Um, yeah. Hugo, Hugo. So, yeah, no, I got some money. And, uh, yeah. Any other results yeah, did well, mate. stand out for you, mate, in, in the John Deere? Uh, no, I don't think so, mate. I mean, the only thing I had a bit of a chuckle at, you know, we talk about the easy um, uh, PGA Tour courses, but only seven players were over par in that final round. Everyone else was like even or, or under par. So there was plenty of birdies out there, um, that's for sure. And, yeah, Sepp and Ludwig got their fair share. Um, uh, but, unfortunately, Brendan Todd was in the mix, but putter went cold. So uh, Sepp Straka took the chocolates. Putter went cold. Definitely one of the best putters on tour, but uh, it just proves that doesn't always, uh, you know, things can go cold at the pointy end, i.e. standing in the middle of the fairway yep. with 58 uh, potentially on the line or 
challenging for the tournament when you're probably one of the best putters on tour and then just uh, three putter, probably three putter, seventh, 16th or 15th, something around there. Or 16th, yeah, 16th, three, yeah. yep. Hey, um, we may as well just talk about the tips to results because everyone hangs on to that. Um, so yes, we had do it. we had uh, three people pick uh, Sepp Straka. Very well done to – oh, jeez, I can't stop talking <laughs> about this fella. Golf is an attitude. Who was Blakey? Golf rules questions. That is Bloody Blakey. Hell. He, he yep. picked Sepp Straka. He is on fire. Uh, <laughs> Cheeseman uh, picked Sepp Straka. And Gary Garvin picked Sepp Straka. Uh, myself, okay. uh, myself and Jay pick. Brooks picked Brandon Todd. So uh, we were the only two. And uh, but Ludwig had a fair bit of support. Uh, Ludwig, maybe from yourself. I think you were on the Ludwig train. Yep, I was on Ludwig. Yep, I was on Ludwig. Yep. Craft uh, golf down in uh, Tassie. Uh, Josh Beck, Divot, uh, Divot. What a what a name. What a tipster name, Divot. If you if you are Divot, let us know who you are. <laughs> uh, Lewis H had Ludwig, and uh, Justin Bissica had uh, Ludwig. A few others had Schenk, and yeah, Denny, Denny McCarthy was quite popular. But anyway, the overall leading uh, yep. the, t- the top five is golfers and attitude. So that's Blakey. He's just. Walking around, chest out, you know, straight off uh, two weeks, you know, refereeing at live, you know, high-fiving with all yeah. of the uh, high flyers and the, you know, all the other teams and so on and so forth. Uh, well, he's peacocking around at 18,439,000. Uh, Melbourne's greatest golfing tattooist is uh, at position two, 17,716,000. And then... Um, uh, yours truly at position three, sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty sixty million six hundred and sixty seven thousand. Uh doing pretty well. Um, but it's very close. Could still Great season, away. mate. Great season. Hey, uh how how many big guns have you got left? Not many. You reckon? Not many. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got a couple. But uh I reckon I've used most of the big guns in obviously I picked two of them, uh the Masters and the uh PGA, I think. Oh, no, the US Open. Yeah, that's going to help. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then did well in a couple of others. But, yeah, anyway, uh, Teepster, who else is up there? Nomadic Golfer, KT, Hoops. Where are you, mate? You were you were all over this last year. You were, oh, you were, mate, you were the one chest, yeah. chest beating last year. Where are you? I was a little bit around this time last year. <laughs> that didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm well down, mate. I'm well down. I've, yeah. uh, I've misfired on some big guns big time. Yeah. Picked him uh, on the wrong weeks. If I'm not sure if Rocket will be listening, but he's down at P38 um, on nine million. Where's Mike? Oh, Mike's at P48, uh, seven point eight million. Are you right? Anyway, uh, get your Mate, tips in. If he's, too... not, if he's not doing the data lake, I mean, how is he supposed to get informed? Like, I mean, he'd be Mate. lost, mate, if he's not doing that kind of announcement. Maybe he's doing it for himself, and it. Well, um, I think I'm living, I'm <laughs> that living leaves proof a that lot da- to be said about the data lake. I'm leaving proof that uh, yeah you can use the data lake because there are people on there that do very well and, and rely on the data lake. But uh, I'm leaving proof that um, you can throw a dart at a board and use that to pick and pick a couple. <laughs> no, I'm much more knowledgeable than that, Scott. I'm putting myself putting myself down there. Of course, of course, I'm all, mate. I'm all, I am all over this. Hey, uh, and then we've got um, what have we got? The Maiden Himalayan. That was another. Yeah, fairly good event in a yeah. field that was, you know, those it was a fairly strong European tour field, and uh, you know, obviously they're getting ready for the pointy end of the season over there. Um, some of them will be playing in the Genesis Scottish Open this week. So many of them qualified already for the Open. 
and um, it was a young yep. Dane that got the job done. Rasmus. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, like, big shout-out to Richie Ramsey and Nacho Elvira, be, Elvira being, um, like, absolute team players for the DP World <laughs> Tour um, colleague, um, Rasmus, and getting out of his way to uh, to let, let the young fellow win the, his, uh, his home open for the first time. I think Adane has, uh, has won that. Won that ever so uh, so great for um, great for Rasmus uh, minus thirteen but yeah Richie Ramsey put it in the drink on eighteen with a wouldn't he have a two shot lead or something anyway he made double bogey and fell out of contention and then um, El Nacho Elvira um, just had a what looked to be again can't relate to the skill level but it looked to be a fairly easy up and down on 18 to win it but um blasted it what 30 or 40 foot past the hole um two putted from there for a bogey to go into a playoff that yeah lasted six holes until uh until Nacho Nacho absolutely blasted one on 18 over everything on uh and and into the into the uh, practice putting green at the back there OB to to hand the young Dane the victory, so um, so yeah, I mean he, he had a great final round, uh, young Rasmus, but uh, it certainly had a bit of help. I, I didn't see it uh, that long, so I, I think um, you know I pulled my uh, superstitious card and I said no. If I keep watching, Bobby McIntyre is definitely not going to win. If I keep watching, so I sent myself off to bed uh, when Bobby was like just at the turn and he like maybe a two-shot, three-shot lead at the stage and was playing pretty good. He had this newfound sort of relaxed sort of way. He wasn't sort of beating himself up and it was looking pretty good. And um, clearly my yeah. theory of giving Bobby a leg up by uh, going to bed and not putting any pressure on him uh, didn't work. Uh, it certainly didn't work for the other top Scott, Richie Ramsey. Um, but Nacho's, yeah. that that shot that you describe, um, how, do you, how do you get through 18 holes and then six holes of a, pl- a playoff and then just brain fart one out like that how do you do that like it's you played that hole mate it went so far it went so far over the uh the the stands and hit the path and you know trundled but bounded um down the down the path over onto the practice putting green it it was so far long it was unbelievable Mm. um yeah good on you rasmus um but uh, obviously he's qualified for the Open. Nacho qualifies for the Open. Richie Ramsey qualifies for the Open. So does uh, Bobby McIntyre. He was yep. already qualified. Kale Samoya, um, Mark Warren, the one that I feel for because he was being talked up by getting uh, – he'll take that extra um, Open spot was Ross Fisher. Uh, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for oh, Ross yeah. Fisher. He's been around for a while, but anyone that's called Ross, um, I'm going to have a soft spot for you. Shot, shot yeah. 66 in the last day, and they're all saying, Ross, you're probably going to uh, get an open spot on the back of that. Didn't happen. Missed out by one. So mm. um, anyway. Um, he's a Nike guy, I think, isn't he? Long term. Did you have, have anything mm. to do with that deal? Yeah, been with the swoosh a long time. No, I did not. Had nothing to do with anything to do with Nike Golf. <laughs> okay, I can safely say, except well, yeah, using it. Except using it. Did you have all of the clubs? We like Nike top to toe, like dress wise, oh, but then mate, Nike to full toe. bag, full head bag to toe, full bag, full bag. Mate, the only time I got a non-Nike golf club, like since I was about I don't know twenty, I don't know for twenty years, um, 
was uh, when I was in the US and we got out of got out of equipment in 2015, and um, and I upgraded the irons to the TaylorMade. So like, this is the first time I, I ever had a, a non Nike um, stick in the bag. What was that? I was still roll. I was using a Nike golf ball today. Well, you still got like my old man. He's got like sixteen dozen golf balls in there from nineteen eighty nine. Have you still got like piles of old Nike so balls, Roscoe, Nike, Nike vapors? When we were, when we were in Europe, um, they would have these Nike golf sample sales in Europe, and so they would pile up these white boxes of um, of Nike golf balls. So they're all uh, left over from the Euro tour from the previous season or whatever, and no, 10 euros a dozen, 10 bucks a dozen. So I think I moved home to moved home to Australia with like 28 dozen boxes of Nike golf balls um, <laughs> in 2015. <laughs> so I've still got a couple. Um, I got rid of them because they're bloody horrible balls. <laughs> but um, once I used something else, it was like, oh, shit, that's pretty hard. Uh, these are much softer. These are much better yeah. to play with. Hey, um, so, um, what, yeah. what was the story with the um, divestion of um, Nike and making hardware? What was the internal messaging back in the day? And it just wasn't. It just wasn't profitable. I think, and, and that's all you know. Public, I guess, uh, knowledge. But um, the R and D that's required in golf, in golf, golf equipment, balls, clubs, etc., is is like super high. So it's, it costs a lot of money to be involved in it. And you, you remember in those days, like all of the big brands were bringing out a new driver like every six months. And so to keep up with that level of innovation, I think um, the return just wasn't happening. Um, and, you know, we just never had, um, we just never had a ball that dominated or a driver that dominated. And in, in golf, I think if you don't have a ball, or driver that is, you know, top one, two, three, then you're just not taking that seriously, I don't think. And um, uh, and I think that translated into sales. You know, I would say like you, you would see Nike clubs on the course in the US a lot, um, but you would very rarely see it see them on the course here in Australia because it was just, yeah, it was not easy to get hold of through one retailer and, yeah, mm. enough said. Yeah, they were. I think it was Dennis Brosnan Golf Golf Mart or something like that. That was the distributor of Nike at the time. Um, so, yeah, yep. you know, they, they didn't have that many stores around the country, so it was just very hard to get. Um, no, interesting. Yeah. Hey, um, so what are we up to? We've got the Barbasol, and then we've got the Scottish Open. So Barbasol this week. So don't forget to get your tips yeah. in for the Barbasol at. Uh, Keen Trace Golf Club in Kentucky. Uh, Trey Mullinax is the defending champion. It's a 7,328-yard 7, pass, 72, 429-yard um, 18th hole finishing shot. So, you know, if it comes down to that, it'll be uh, the ball strikers that will be shooting maybe. Oh, who, what do they hit a, into a 429-yard? Uh, still probably a pitching wedge anyway. Um, yeah, and there's some – I think I think there's some uh, – I think there might be a couple of open spots still up for grabs here and also at the Scottish Open, four open spots maybe at the Barbasol. Oh, yeah. And um, yep, it's co-sanctioned with the DP World Tour. So both of these events that are this weekend are both PGA Tour, DP World co-sanctioned. The interesting part for me was seeing some yep. of how many of the DP World Tour players are actually going across to yeah. um, the Barbasol. It was about 
50 spots. So there's about 45 DP World Tour players entered in the Barbasol. Yep. But there's yeah. a couple no, of... I noticed pitch- that too, mate. I mean, I... Go on. Yeah, having a look at the uh, the list, the list last year and the list this year, it's really obvious how many more European flags are are on that list. So, I guess that's a product of you know the strategic alignment and um and these co-sanctioned events really, really kind of um uh yeah the guys making the most of that. Um, I did you know I don't really I'm just having a bit of a chuckle I guess at the uh, the OWGR rankings. I, I listed the the field list. Um, and uh, by OWG, I think the highest ranked player in the world playing that tournament is 110, um, mm. and there are some big numbers uh, down the bottom, um, and that's all good. But uh, a few Aussies in the field. Um, we've got Jason Scrivener, Cam Percy, Greg Chalmers, Jeff Ogilvie, um, and uh, I think Bads is Bads is in the Scottish Open, isn't he? But um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. That's that's. Yeah. Is Bad taking a family for a holiday to Scotland or something like that, or is it? I wonder if he fancies yeah. his chances over there, or is it just more money? Or it's in, interesting. Um, there's three point eight million prize money at the Barbasol. I think there's a bit more money on yep. offer at uh, the Scottish Open, which we can check in a sec. But um, just a little bit. Um, maybe nine. Some other notables million. in the field, Roscoe. Mm-hmm. Some other notables in the field, um, Harry Higgs uh, in that Barbasol, Taylor Pendrith, um, Akshay Bashia. So I'm enjoying watching his journey um, into professional golf and uh, see how he goes in this, um, you know, let's say kind of lesser field. But uh, and Austin Smotherman, I think you're a big fan of Smotherman, aren't you, from no. memory from last year? Uh, he dotted no. me, dotted me, me at a critical time last year, with, oh. which was a t- tipping point point for my teepster performance. And uh, sorry to bring that up, mate. Smotherman. Yeah. No, I, I actually just no, he, I I don't know anything about him, but uh, I just love the name. It's like it reminds me of something. You know, like off uh, Seinfeld. Not many people you know. do. Smotherman. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, four open qualifying spots. Jazz Jane Wattenanond. Is in there, Mark Warren. He's yeah. There. So Mark Warren played last week at the uh, Himmelman, and then he's gone across to there. It's a little European tour. Kinolts, Donis, Donaldson, plenty of plenty of European tour players. More as as many European tour players almost as there are American players. Mm. Yeah, and and heaps of alternates waiting. Chad Campbell, KJ Choi, KJ Choi is an alternate. Steve Stricker, Danny yeah. Chopra. Danny yeah, Chopper, have a big sweet. That list. <laughs> Danny Chopper, a couple of Rockets favourites, Omar Iresti and Robert Gamez on the alternates mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you got a tip for the Barbasol? Got a tip? Uh, yeah, got I'm a... looking in Harry Higgs, mate. He, he's Harry okay. Higgs. He, he's uh, he's not been playing too bad. Um, I don't know. Feel like he's trending. He's he's been yeah. He shot a few good scores uh, lately. So. I think in in amongst that field, he's a standout for me. And uh, you got a top Australian. You're gonna you're gonna top put your money Australian, in the, top um, Australian. You're gonna, you're gonna go you're gonna go Scriv or you're gonna go his, history with uh, either Jeff or Snake Charmers. Well, I think uh, if Ginger Ninja's listening, he'd be ropeable. I didn't pick Charmers, so uh, so maybe I'll just go for Charmers just to please the crowd. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to stick my Australian money on on um, on Jeff. There you go. I'm going to, I'm going to throw some the old fella. Yeah, coming he's younger than me. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Who else? Who else have I got? I don't know who I can pick here. 
Um, I reckon that's that's a good one, mate. I reckon, I reckon I might. Uh, I reckon I might go Rusty Knox. So there you go. That's the dartboard. That's the that's the omen. Okay. That's like <laughs> former top Scott. I might go with Rusty Knox. Um, yep. I'll Russell. No, I probably won't pick. I probably won't pick Rusty Knox. Probably pick Eric Van Royen. No, I don't know. I got to have to look at it. I don't know. Don't they don't come to they don't listen uh, to this I, part for my tips. I, I might be third, but really no. it is dartboard spitballing luck more than anything. Um, Rusty Knox. I'm going to go Rusty big, Knox. Big fan of uh, big fan of Van Royen and his and his joggers and his mo. Big fan of his styling on the course. Yes. Um, what brand is Golf, that? Nike? Average. No. Yeah. No, no he's not he Nike. Has, no, he's not. I don't Nike. even know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, no, no I won't be picking Harry Van Royen. Um, okay. Anything else on the Barbasol? Do you know much about right. the course? No. King Trace? No. no. Do you know what Barbasol is? I, I think we've over-invested. Uh, do you know what Barbasol is? You would have used a bit of Barbasol up there when you lived up in Oregon, wouldn't you not? Shaving cream. Um, it's like a oh, shaving cream. Yeah. yeah, it's like an 80-year-old shaving no, cream brand. Just, just water and a razor, Roscoe. Oh really? Tough, tough, tough Aussie. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm okay. more a Gillette man, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. No, Barbasol is just like, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Scottish Open. Scottish what Open. Mate, about, big what one. do you know about the What do you know about the Scottish Open, mate? What do you know about the Scottish Open? I know that it is. Uh, it's right in the middle of you know of, of like maybe what ten days of your golf heaven um, of what's happening you know, in the next couple of weeks on tour. Um, but I know that it is Tom Dope Design Renaissance Club. Um, it's the fifth time that that they're holding it. Xander uh, is the defending champion minus seven. I know there's a bit of weather around as there probably is in in a Scottish summer. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty windy on Sunday, um, Saturday, probably the only day, no rain from current forecast, but that'll probably change 15,000 times between now and Saturday. Um, interesting to see, mate. Um, actually, yeah, that, that's, a, that, uh, past 70, I've got 600 and 6,600 meters. So what's that about 7,200 or something yards? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that's about all I know on the course. And, I mean, I enjoyed watching it last year. I, I love um, – I, I did love watching especially that 10th hole. I don't know why. I just remember that 10th hole was was on TV a lot and, um, and a lot of the guys were kind of blowing it right. So, uh, so yeah, no, man, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it on telly again. Just, you know, if you listened to me last year talking about uh, my love for Renaissance Golf Club um, – it is a fantastic course. I've played it once. Uh, played with Jerry Savardi, who is one of the two brothers that uh, were the founding uh, developers of the course. They, the Savardi, um, the company that Savardi's put together, own about forty-five percent, and there's a couple of other investment companies that came on board when it was one of Jerry's friends, uh, Jerry and Paul Savardi's friends, at a. Yeah, like a, the Savardi family get together, like they have a, like a Savardi annual tournament, and uh, the person's related mm-hmm. to the, to Jack Nicholas at some way, or maybe a brother-in-law or something like that. And he said, "Oh, you know, you guys should build a golf course in Scotland. I know, a, I know a patch of land that's available." And like they just laughed it off pretty much. And uh, 
the patch of land was obviously where the course is now. Uh, it's adjacent yep. to uh, Muirfield. So obviously, you know, Muirfield, one of the best courses in the world. Yep. Well, it just sits alongside that in between um, the uh, Archerfield links property. Uh, so you drive in through the Archerfield property there and turn right to Archerfield and go through a little secret gate to, well, it's not that secret, it's a big gate actually, to Renaissance. And uh, it's this wonderful, what I term as a modern links, you know, and for me, anything that's a modern links is, you know, something that wasn't built by Tom Morris or, you know, dates back to the 1800s. Um, so it's a new course. It was Tom's first course, uh, first links course in Scotland. Uh, I think he's only involved with one other course, yep. which has been built at the moment up in Cruden Bay. So, you know, for Tom, it was a bit of a challenge because, you know, how do you outlinks Tom Morris? You know, how do you outlinks the original inventors of the game? So I think he took, uh, the Savatis took a lot of convincing um, Tom to get involved with the project, but I'm pretty sure that um, he's happy that he did. Don Playsec was the lead architect on site. Now, Don... You can see that map over there, which uh, you can see it there. Uh, yep. Don sent me that because uh, he knows how much uh, I love Renaissance uh, Golf Club. And once he heard that I played there and you know wanted to know a little bit more about it, he sent me one of his uh, beautiful drawings that he does for all the courses that he's involved with, all, or I think all of the Renaissance courses, these beautiful hand-drawn maps, which he ends up getting printed, and they're just beautiful architectural pieces. So Don Playset was the lead architect. Now, you know, with the Renaissance team, there's – uh, I might have I don't miss a name, Brian Slornick. So Brian Slornick has been down in um, Melbourne doing uh, Commonwealth and I think he was involved with uh, right. Yarra Yarra. There's Brian Schneider. Yep. So Brian Schneider I think was involved heavily with uh, Barnboogle. And if I get any of this wrong, don't at me. Um, yep. And Eric Iverson is another one of the team for Renaissance Golf. Um, maybe he was involved with something in Australia there as well that Doug's been involved with, maybe um, maybe down at uh, St Andrews Beach, I'm not sure. But, yeah, Don was the one that you probably don't hear as much about, but he was on the ground there. And, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. And uh, Angela Moser <laughs> was another one, um, you know, who, who basically cut her teeth in golf architecture and shaping um, by working on that project. Now, Angela Moser is a German golf architect, young lady. Right just become very proficient on pushing dirt around and understanding uh, the land and how to shape it. And she's since gone on from that project working with Don to do St. Patrick's Links, which is over at Rosapenna in County Donegal, uh, immediately shot into one of the top 50 golf courses in the world. And I think she's also yep. still working on another Renaissance project. So, you know, this course has been put together by some of the best and it sits on a great parcel of land, modern links. Uh, there's a beautiful stretch of holes that they actually redid after 2008 when the course opened. They came back in about 2010 and put three or four holes in down by the water. It sort of reminds me, one of the holes reminds me a little bit about, uh, I think maybe the 11th at New South Wales, the one across the, uh, near the water, but across the, 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 the ravine up to the left there. Um, yep. It's just beautiful. Yep. Um, uh, old farming land, you'll see some stone walls. I was surprised to learn that the stone walls there were put in place to look like they've been there for 100 years, but mm. they weren't. They were, they were built there specifically to obviously reinstate what it would have looked like. And um, it's just a great, great course. A couple of tricky holes. Um, and like any Lynx course, it'll be exposed to the elements and that's what will, um, you know, either make you or break you. You know, we've seen... You know, I always remember yep. Herbie's round there. Herbie always 
turns up to play, he's there. I wouldn't be surprised if Herbie plays pretty well here. He's scored very, very low here in the past. Also had a couple of stinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he got close to winning 2019. Um, obviously, we've had Min right. Wu win here before. We've got Adam Scott yeah, playing. 21. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's uh, – sorry, that's a little bit of a history sort of lesson on on the sort of evolution of Renaissance and where it sits. It's just – if you haven't been there yep. um, to that part of the Scotland, it's just my favourite part. Uh, there's about 20 golf courses in that land. It's very – you know, it's not one of the courses that you can go and play um, without being taken by a member. Um, yeah, I won't say what the joining I mean, fee you, is. You've, you've played with – You've played with the owner, so you could probably get us on, right? Like you swing no. a, swing a, a favour and uh, and get the listeners on. No, just uh, drop Ross no, Ross I, Flanagan. I'm friends with Ross Flanagan. I don't think Jerry remembered my name after. Uh, well, I did win. I did the lunch at all. Well, the, I think no, he definitely. I, well, I tried to give him a PK. I, I know I gave him a PK hat. I, I obviously went with some gifts for all my hosts and um and. The story was we were playing in a six. We went for the. I turned up for the members roll up on a Saturday with my host Donald, um, Malcolm Duck, and um, yep. There was there was five members there, and we we're like, well, we got six of us. Uh, we can't play two in two threes. So why don't we play uh, two man Ambro, two person Ambrose? So it was me and Malcolm versus Jerry and his partner and two of the others, and Malcolm and I won. So we won the money and the lunch. Uh, yep. It was good. I sat next to Jerry and had lunch, and he gave me his 20 quid, which I gave to Malcolm. I, I couldn't take his money. That was, it felt really awkward. Um, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but, no, he doesn't He doesn't remember me. I tried to give him a PK hat, and I said, here, here's this great new course in Australia. This is what I'm a member at. You know, it's a really nice golf course, yep. whatever. And it was like he, he didn't clearly know what PK was uh, back then back then and maybe he still does hopefully he does now but he had a royal melbourne hat on yeah and i sort of suggested ah oh, you know it's it's the only other 36 hole you know property in melbourne and you know it'll 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 challenge that place for supremacy one day or words <laughs> to that effect you know i might have been joking and hamming it up which i'm known yeah. to do he sort of yeah. looked at me and, and he said oh yeah the guys from royal melbourne didn't mention this course when they here the other week when they gave me this hat and I said, oh, you know, you wait, you'll hear about it <laughs> anyway uh, Scottish Open. Um, can't wait. Can't wait to watch it. It's prime Mate, time. Can't wait. Prime time um, viewing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's oh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. So it's going to be great viewing. Um, few Aussies in the field. So what? What do we got? We got Adam Scott. Uh, we mentioned Min Woo, um, Cam Davis, Lucas is there. Um, Harrison Endicott's in the field. Yeah, Bads is in the field. Um, and uh, and. Uh, Cam Percy, I think, is an alternate, uh, even though he's in the field for Barbasol. Um, but and a couple of a couple of Kiwis in Foxy and uh, Daniel Hillier. So um, good little good little squad there for the Aussies and the, the Kiwis, and only a handful of the uh, the big stars missing. So Johnny Rahm, he's taking a taking a rest. Um, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, and Cam Young are the, the kind of the the big names that um, that are sitting this one out as per, as per yeah. What are they allowed to sit one or two out um, if they want to get their uh, their piff? I mean pip uh, money. So, um, but yeah, it's a big so one betting, leading into uh, leading into next week. The betting has 
Oh, this is just this is just straight off the European tour. Yeah, odds: uh, Scotty Scheffler at thirteen to two, Rory at ten to one, Patrick Cantlay at fourteen, Xander at sixteen to one, Tyrrell Hatton eighteens, mm. Victor Hovland, Ricky Fowler at twenties, Tommy Fleetwood at twenty-two, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick at twenty-five, and Jordan Spieth. Um, we've got Wyndham Clark's playing. So Wyndham Clark did play last year, but you probably wouldn't have remembered uh, Wyndham Clark played last year. Finished sixteenth, so you know wasn't mm. wasn't out of contention. Yeah, so bad. yeah, not bad. Yeah, we might see Wyndham Clark. Um, good to see him uh, bouncing around uh, the links. Uh, of course, we've got Shane Lowry at thirty three, Max Homer at thirty three. So after that, it's um, it's a great field. Ludwig's in the field. Uh, Justin Thomas. Yep. Did you see? Did you see Spieth and Justin Thomas um, just getting out to the links uh, of North Berwick yesterday? See oh no, I did see them in their very dapper attire at uh, at Wimbledon, but I didn't see that they were out uh, hitting the links. No. Yeah, they they. So what happens is North Berwick is maybe five minutes down the road, and it's North Berwick links is basically like the St Andrews of East Lothian. You know, it's a it's an old golf course. Yeah. It's an out and back links. It's on the water, uh, and it starts in the town and finishes in the town. So it's very much what St Andrews is to the old course is to St Andrews. North Berwick is that to North Berwick, the town of North Berwick, and it's become very popular at the Scottish Open for you know these guys who love links, and of course it sharpens them up for like a Hoy Lake. Of course, um, they love to go out and play a late afternoon round, and Jordan and. Um, JT went out and played the late afternoon round, probably took their managers, had quite a big crowd around them. So the the word goes out in the town that these guys are down playing and uh, had a bit of a crowd around them. It was great. My mate, um, Josh, who may join us next week, I'm trying to convince him to join us next week to do the British Open preview uh, because he's recently played yep. at Hoy Lake. Um, so Josh lives in Edinburgh. He's a professor at Edinburgh University, American. He took out Sahith the Gala. So I always want, also want to hear from him um, about cool. his round with Sahith Pagala. So all the crowd was yeah, out there watching cool J- JT and uh, Josh was just out the back, uh, a few holes back playing with Sahith Pagala. So, um, you know, they love that part of the world because it's just it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's They can go out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, get 18 holes in and um, play on some of the best links turf in the world. Uh, what a part. What a, yeah. What a place to be. Um, so... Expectations? Who are you going to tip? So who's your tip? Who's, who's your tip, Roscoe? You tell me. You tell me. Who's your tip? <sighs> Top Australian. I'm going to go Lucas. I'm going to go Lucas. I think. Yep. I think Lucas could maybe find something. You know, find his Scottish roots back here, and uh, you know he performed pretty well, top twenty last year at the Open. So he's not. He's got the game for links. Yep. You know, he knows how to get the ball around. Um, but I'm going to go with Lucas. For I can't tip him in the yeah. team because I've already tipped Lucas. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to pick. Um, I, I, my nothing against uh, the my, the American players, but I don't think I can tip an American. Mm. Even though Zan, even though Xander won last year, I might get Tyrrell Hatton. I might have to go Tyrrell Hatton. Yep. There you go. What yeah, you Tyrrell might not be a bad one, mate. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I think um, I uh, I just changed mine. <laughs> just live now is changing mine. I, I did have Justin Rose in, um, but I've just gone, mate, Min Woo. Min Woo, um, previous champion. And, yeah, so top Aussie and my uh, my tips to pick is, um, is going to be Min Woo. 
Um, okay. I haven't. Um, I've got to share it around. There's a great article on Minwoo in uh, in hype on hype golf. Um, I'll share it into the Discord. But it's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it's a great article talking about you know this young young kid that's uh, bursting onto the scene with a ton of style, and I think they referred to him as uh, looking more like an F1 driver um, than a golfer. So uh, um, yeah, no, they're they're loving him. Yeah, he's he's got everything that you want in a personality, a little bit Danny Ricardo-esque sort of in, in some yeah. sort of loose alignment there. Good to see Danny Ricardo getting back in on the on the grid too, by the way. Um, but, yeah, uh, hype golf. I saw, um, you know, um, uh, the Walker guys had uh, a contingent there at the oh, yeah. hype golf uh, tournament recently. Uh, I can see you've got your Walker, yeah. Walker golf hat on. Yeah, Glenn yeah. Walker, good, Walker, good man. Walker golf things hat on, yeah. Good guys, uh, the Walker Golf guys. So uh, yeah, no, they're doing they're doing great things and got they're you know, just doing it right, you know. Like they get got the right partnerships. They're in the right the right uh, communities and and in and around that scene with uh, with Hype Golf in the US and being a part of that community is um, yeah they're they're moving in the right circles and it's great product. Um, it's all Aussie designed and everything um, here locally and and really cool stories to go with the product and and the logos and everything. So. Um, yeah, I think the latest one they did was the Greenskeeper uh, collection and, you know, it's just a little bit off-centre. It's not normal kind of storytelling for golf, but but then it's actually like very golf, very normal um, uh, golf storytelling. So, yeah, no, love love what the guys are doing. Uh, well, shout out to Glenn Walker for uh, doing such a great job. Hey, um, okay, Scottish Open, good luck with your picking and uh, enjoy watching a part of the world that's very special to me. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get back there and tread the links. Uh, won't happen this year, but maybe next year. We'll see. So, um, okay, what about the uh, all this news about the um, PGA Tour, the Senate inquiry? Just keeps just keeps giving. Yeah. It does, secret doesn't deals, it, mate? And, secret um, yeah. side, sidebar deals to oust the shark. Um, yeah, plans to have um, Tiger and Rory own a team. Yeah, there was a couple of things that were you know listed in. Uh, I mean, there's just so much going around on socials and being shared, and you know different takes and points of view and everything. It's um it's really kind of interesting to to watch and and uh, and get into. But um, uh, a few of the things that you know I, I kind of noticed throughout the day or the kind of highlights, I guess, were. Um, you know, there was always rumors or speculation that Rory had kind of met with, uh, Yasir in, uh, like late last year. And that got confirmed in, in, uh, a lot of these, in these documents. So he met with, met with Yasir in Dubai in, uh, December 22. And, um, so yeah, I mean, um, it's just an interesting situation that he, you know, in December, I think was right around the time that or just after that, he maybe started to cool his, his uh, tone a little bit on, on um, you know the piff and all of that stuff, but uh, he's been very vocal against it. Um, I guess he was just getting informed, which you know any smart person would. But uh, yeah, interesting that, that that happened, and then that was kind of the not the precursor, but uh, right around that time is when those is when uh, Yasir had a young Englishman or older Englishman, Roger Young, he's definitely not young, um, but Roger Devlin um, reach out to Jimmy Dunn 
to uh, to see if they can get a meeting. And I guess that's how this whole thing started. This whole communication all uh, started to unfold. So uh, interesting chain of events. Um, you know, they ended up sitting down in uh, April um, or just after April when after the second kind of email communication had done, I think Dunn said thanks but no thanks the first time and then um, they tried again and, and got the meeting and, yeah, it all happened really quickly from there. Um, really funny and fascinating um, documents that came out, Roscoe, with like, you know, hey, what's the PIFs? Um, I think they called it the best of both worlds. It was a document that was shared in, in the initial meeting. He's on, you know, PowerPoint up on the screen, the best of both worlds. And it listed like, hey, what they saw, they wanted to get out of it. And as you said, Tiger and Rory owning a team, playing 10 events. Um, I mean, the fact, like, I don't know if Tiger's going to play 10 more events in his whole life, you know, um, let alone on live um, or whatever form it takes. But so I don't know how realistic that ever was. Um, but yes, he also wanted to be a member of the RNA and Augusta. So mm. I guess that goes to show like he's, you know, he loves his golf like that. <laughs> I guess all of us, anyone that loves golf wants to have that kind of membership. Um uh, or membership to either of those two things. But, yeah, that was uh, pretty interesting that that was part of the the ask. Um, and, yeah, you talked about GN and uh, the PGA Tour trying to oust Norman. Um, interesting to see how that story developed, like how that narrative changed um, over the course of time and um, how the, the language changed. So I think the first version was, yeah, we want him removed. Um, but then through the uh, the second version, it was like, oh, you know he'll be kind of reassigned uh, to it to a different role. Um, so who knows? I don't think that's been defined. Um, I don't think I think that you, you know there's still no clarity on who is going to make all the decisions and um, on whether Liv is going to stick around or not. Um, yeah, it was just uh, just an, an interesting um, uh, like flow of those edits on the language around that and um, PIF going back and, and crossing things out and the PGA Tour coming back. I think there was five or six versions um, to get to where the final version is, which, you know, I think both parties were clearly going back and forth on, well, we want full control and PIF saying, well, you're not having full control. Well, we still want part control. Well, you're not having part control. And well, we think we've got control. Well, we've got, we think we've got control. Um, and now and nobody really still knows who's going to make that kind of decision when they review live. So, um, yeah, still all up in the air on the whole veto rights. So there's a lot of, you know, stuff around the whole Saudi, uh, regime and the human rights issues and the discussion from the, the Senate. It was all around that, you know, how, how do we mm. get in so thick in terms of um, business in one of the bastions of American sport with people who, you know, mm. at one point in time, you know, we were very clearly against, um, how do we let that happen? So that seems to be the quite one of the big sort of roadblocks or, or, or points of people the American Senate will have to get over. You know, when we listened to Ron Johnson, when he talked on the No Laying Up, I found that in- interview quite fascinating because as a senator, he was probably the other way. He was like, you know, if we if we mm. have the if we have the money here and the partnership, then then that exerts a degree of control with someone who is a not a not a 
ally, but, you know, as a sort of a line partner in terms of business, you know, you have a little bit of control over it that mm. way. Um, I don't know. What was your take on that? Yeah, it, uh, it was interesting, mate. Like, I think um, he made some good points about like, hey, the world is not black and white, you know, like just because we, we can still get along and not agree with how we might do different things and how we, you know, um, how society works in respective countries. Like we're still able to have some level of relationship and, um, and, and allyship because they do have that, those two, those two countries, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on that. But, um, uh, but you know, it's okay to have that partnership and still disagree with how either way might how either party might go about life um and and you know he was kind of talking about hey they are trying to evolve and and uh, get better and have better on human rights women's rights all these kinds of things so isn't that a good thing and and you know shouldn't we be supporting that i mean i think it's still up for I think people have different points of views on whether that's actually happening um, in the mm. heart of Saudi Arabia or whether that's, you know, on the surface in the, in the westernized um, uh, locations. But, um, uh, but yeah, and, and he, so he was bringing that, that different point of view. I think it's great to get all of this information um, out there and, uh, there's been so much kind of innuendo or, or just, you know, second guessing about what, what it all means and what's happening. What, uh, so, so it's good to have this inquiry and, and uh, answer a few of those questions for sure. Uh, just back on Ron, what I did sort of take away from it is that, and I don't know if it's reflective of the entirety of the PGA Tour slash New Coast slash, you know, Senate slash all the people that are sort of got their eyes in this from the American side, but he was very US centric. Yeah, he said the PGA Tour is yeah. He didn't use the exact words, but it is a bastion of American sport. We need to preserve that. We need to maintain that. We need to control that. Um, why do we want people playing for ten million dollars? You know, when it doesn't matter what they're doing, i.e., having a swipe at, you know, for example, Cameron Smith miss, you know sinking a putt or not sinking a putt for 10 million bucks because he's already got 10 million bucks. He doesn't really care about that was the inference, which I sort of didn't really agree with and didn't like that tone. Uh, but I still think that yep. it's all about, you know, his sound was, we need this for America. And I just hear that and I think, ain't no PGA Tour event coming down here. Ain't no PGA Tour event going to uh, yeah. Asia, South Africa uh, and other parts, you know, bypass that. It's just going to stick here, which which is not what we want here in Australia, which is the reason why we sort of get bent out of shape as Aussies about the PGA Tour in, in um, many yep. respects. Agree? Yeah. Disagree? I, I think that could be. Yeah, yeah, no, mate, I, I, I agree that um, if this thing does go through and the PGA Tour um, is in full control, not full control, that won't, that, that, that will never be full control, Maj but um, if they're majority, you know, largely yeah. in control of the decisions, then um, then you can't see why they would change what they've been doing for a long time and and uh, and ignore the other markets and just focus on on the US PGA Tour. I mean, and, and in some ways, like you can't really knock them for that. It's they're, they're an American tour, an American company, American corporations that invested their money in, into those American businesses. So you can't really blame them for that. Um, and yeah, they've got a level of responsibility to grow the global game, but hey, it's, it's a US tour. Like, and, and, you know, that's just, um, it's an unfortunate kind of 
um, situation where like all the money in golf has been there for a long, long time. And so all of the players go there to play for the big money. Um, and if the, um, the one thing I do like about the concept of a live of a, of a world tour is that, yeah, there's more golf played, um, around the world. And, um, you know, Adelaide showed that, um, Australians want to go and watch those levels of, of, of players, um, playing great courses here in Australia. And now I just don't see how that will continue if, if, uh, the PGA is in control and, and, um, uh, yeah, and live, um, changes. I don't think it'll go away. I think it'll change. Like it mm. might not be called live, but um, yeah. I still sort of err on that side that, you know, maybe Luke Elvey spoke about that with the PIF involved and the amount of wealth that the Saudi Sovereign Fund has and with uh, Yasser, uh, His Excellency, sorry, David refers to him as His Excellency, so, so, so will I, um, maintaining that seat in the board <laughs> that uh, they will exert a fair degree of control. and. Yeah, my only sort of hope is that means that they will continue this um, desire to bring golf to their part of the world, but also other markets that are a little closer to, um, you know, the Middle East and the Asian grain will still grow and hopefully we get a rub off from that and they see the benefit and reward Australia with the participation that we showed at Adelaide. And so hopefully, um, you know, we still get a bit of a, a seat at the somewhat table, I could, to use the term, um, if, uh, yeah. if it does happen. Anyway. We'll see. Yeah, uh, and that's the whole that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like you know, either side, either side of the argument um, is saying, "Oh well, yeah, well, we're, we're going to be in control." Um, clearly, all the live supporters are saying, "Well, clearly, he's in control because he's got the the bag of money," um, and that's that makes sense um, in in a lot of ways. But then, why would the PGA Tour agree to enter into this framework agreement to try and work out a real legitimate agreement um, and give up, you know, total control or give up any level of control over uh, over their, their business and, and, you know, their assets. So, um, yeah, it's a big thing. Uh, it's, I, I it's wish a big we had thing. more clarity on that. But mm. uh, it's a big thing just to get membership at Augusta and the RNA. <laughs> Yeah, you have control. Don't worry. As long as I get my RNA and as long as I get my uh, Augusta, you can have whatever you want. It's all yours. (laughs) Give me a tea time at uh, Augusta. (laughs) Hey, um, uh, speaking of Fallout uh, and Live, uh, there is one bit of Fallout that's Mm. happening at Live at the moment, and that's the uh, fracture in uh, Team Smash. Yeah, Smash GC, mate. Uh, Smash, Smash GC. GC. I'm a big Sorry, fan of Brooks. Yeah, oh, um, Brooks Smash GC. And, and so Brooksy was unloaded on Matt Wolf, didn't he? Um, basically said he's given up on him, total waste of talent. Um, and, uh, and yeah, poor old Wolfie um, was a bit hurt by that, as you would understand. Um, but that's clearly not good for the team dynamic. It's clear that there is no team dynamic in that team. Um and uh, and it's all pretty negative, but I love it, Roscoe. Like I, I love, I actually love the this part of the team golf. And if this has this kind of, you know, um, controversy and and dynamics in some teams with all the best players and and little kind of argy bargy uh, on the side or, or even like right in the middle of a team, um, I think it's going to be great viewing. I think uh, it, it's great kind of drama. I hope it's not all just put on 
Um, but by the sounds of it, it's not. It's legitimate beef. Um, and, you know, it's uh, – but, yeah, it's good content, that's for sure. Well, it's it's not the first time we've seen drama in a team. Maybe in a in a golf team, golf team, you know, where we're all gentlemen and mm. you know get, getting on with everyone, and you know, in the uh, with the best of etiquette. But you go to the, yep. some of the biggest sporting teams, like especially I go back to football, soccer. Um, how many personalities have been in some of the best teams in the world that just hate each other? Players that hate each other off the pitch, yeah. but you know they go, they get on the park and do the job, and um, you know have all of this locker room tension, which uh, a manager has to um, you know navigate his way around. Uh, hats off to some of the managers in, in soccer teams that uh, do have the ability to navigate that, you know, like those personalities because they're getting two hundred million pounds a week, you know. Yeah. Which the which the Saudis are all coming for as well. They're they're coming for you know that market as well. They've you know got some of the Cristiano Ronaldo and um, Leo Messi just paying them unbelievable amounts of money to come and play soccer in Saudi. So they're just all out. But um, yeah, yeah. Poor old uh, poor old Matty Wolf looks like he's going to be out anyway. Right. So if he finishes under that top twenty four tier, so live at the end of this year, mm. top twenty four, uh, pretty much automatically stay in the in the roster for the next evolution of live next year uh team captains automatically stay regardless if you're in that top 24 or not so you know you're talking about lee westwood there who's a team captain of the majestics i've got my majestics hoodie on today actually by the way um you know he oh. will get to stay henrik stenson who's probably going to be in the top 24 ian poulter would get to stay because they've got three captains which is weird but they've got three captains which i think signifies that they have an investment or an ownership of the team which uh if you watch the what the majestics are doing sort of sidebar um you know they've got all these mm. partnerships they've got that technology company partnership they've got the the digital technology on their um bag uh, ids there yeah you know, like a mobile billboard stuff happening um so yeah, I think Wolfie's gonna fall under yeah. the top twenty four and just be shipped out. Pretty much. I think so, mate. I think I think so. Um, you know, it's interesting you you refer to the Majestics there and they're clearly building a brand or trying to, and I mean uh, like this is actually this is all alleged, right? That this is gonna happen next year, allegedly if it's still around. Um but uh, clearly some of the, the teams are building a brand. Um, I listened to Rick Shields uh, today and he went to the live he went to the live london event and he talked about like it's it's really obvious the teams that give a toss about the building a brand and building a team uh, and the ones that don't and majestics are clearly doing that um, but he said you know there's a, there's a few teams there where they're just not into it or they just don't know how to do it and i think that's probably more to the point is they they probably just don't know how to do it mate and and haven't surrounded themselves with the right people um, golf is such an individual game and yeah, they've played a little bit of team golf growing up for sure. Um, but it's largely an individual game. So you talk about, um, like the team dynamic and, and even like man management stuff, right. Of, of the coach that you just referred to, like that, that's a skill, you know, that, that's something that you, um, you develop, um, in, when you're in those environments and coaching and managing people. Um, if you're just playing golf for yourself and your singular focus is whatever you do, you know, and, um, for your whole life and then you're thrust into this team environment, it's not going to take much for, for, for it to fracture or for, you know, someone to, to, to crack and, and 
um, and for it to go sideways. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, a bit of a sidebar there, but uh, but I, I find that stuff fascinating and, and how um, athletes in that position are going to handle it mm. if it's around. Yep. No, but you're right. I started to listen to Rick Shields there. I got to when he started maybe the second or third positive, negative, you know, seemed to be on a general sort of general sort of theme that not saying that I said the same stuff when I went to live in Adelaide, but it seemed to be fairly similar. I'll probably focus more on just what I really liked rather than what I didn't like. But um, to your yep. point that I hadn't listened to, but what he says there that some teams very clearly from my observations sitting in the, the players' dining and also the media centre and just seeing the teams interact at both of those levels. Yes, the Majestics had mm. several several people um, that clearly were doing stuff in and around and for the team at a management slash marketing slash meeting level. You know, we were sitting next to three or four guys at a couple of times over the weekend that from the Majestics team that were just clearly having a meeting i was trying to log in but i couldn't hear um i didn't want to hear as, mm. as well because i had to separate the whole media thing from when i was doing that the four aces you know they've got a great system of media people there with all of the cameras all their own stuff they're just generating their own content all in their uniforms all just getting around um and it's like a team it's like a proper team you know when you see these mm. multi-million dollar football teams with the photographers the videographers and all the stuff that goes with it that that's what they're doing mm. i don't think the ripper gc was at that level. I've seen some of their socials and some of their marketing grow since then. I think there was a couple mm. of jobs advertised through Performance 54 for people in the marketing space for teams. And I think there were some teams right. that um, Performance 54 had sort of taken under their wing to do the marketing, but I don't think Ripper GC would at that level. Range Goats definitely had a heap of people around them, didn't have the whole uniform sort of thing happening. Brooks's team had a yep. lot of people around him. Brooks was just sort of getting around in a Brooks was here t-shirt most of the time, you know, in the night, you know, the yeah. Nike t-shirt. Brooks knows. <laughs> Brooks was, yeah, yeah. Brooks knows. That's the one here. Yeah. Um, so he was just <laughs> getting around like a, you know, multiple five-time major champion that he was at the time. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I agree. Um, I'll, I'll listen to uh, the rest of uh, that podcast. Uh, I will. And also talking about Rick Shields, he did a good interview with um, Ian Poulter the other day. Had a good good sit down yep. with Ian Poulter who went basically through all of his journey and um, why he loves the game. So that was pretty cool as well. Uh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, good. Very good. All right, mate. Have we made it through? What else, Have we mate? covered everything? What else? Mm, I think so. Yeah. No, I think so, mate. There's some other details on the policy board and all of that stuff, but jeepers it's been so uh covered so widely that and and you know there's still so much more to come i think um i think i heard on uh, on another one that yeah the senate inquiry is gonna um i think they got commitment at the end of the the hearing that uh they'd they'd be back and that they want to hear from people on the live side um and i think they're pretty keen to hear from uh, from big j who, who gets back to work funnily enough just a couple of days after this uh, senate hearing is is uh finished but yeah i wonder what his press conference is going to be like when uh, when he when he gets in front of the the media at some point soon yes uh, uh his excellency and greg norman i believe didn't go you know declined to go like how are they allowed to decline no. to go so interesting um yeah don't know well i guess one thing's for sure that uh 
our commitment is to turn up here next week where we've got the last uh, major championship to uh, preview and a little bit of the Scottish yep. Open to preview. Hopefully, uh, review, sorry. Hopefully we can get Josh on board because he'll probably be down at the Renaissance Club watching a bit of it. And as I said, if he's uh, recently played Hoylake, well, I can't think of anyone better to play. Uh, if you do want it, speaking of other content that's out there that's worthy of watching, uh, a young lady who I think does an amazing job, Iona Stephen, uh, goes out on her um, video series with the uh, superintendent, uh, James Bledge um, from Hoylake, who is a Scotsman from the border. So Iona and uh, James Bledge out there playing golf. James talking about all the preparations for the open, the turf, the bunkers, all the work that they've done, the new hole, the, which is, looks really exciting that um, uh, Martin Ebert has uh, put in, the new little short path through, which just looks amazing. Uh, and Iona, still playing yep. great golf it's it was really good so if you want to know more about Hoy Lake and want to see it and listen to Iona and uh, James Bledge who's from the borders uh, Dumfries and Galloway which is down on the border of Scotland and England um, good Scotsman there you go go and watch that all right Scott well done an hour and okay, 20 mate. of uh, our finest Beautiful. hour and 20 of our finest we've done it again we've done it again <laughs> uh, thanks everyone uh, for listening stuff, if, that was fun mate if, uh, if you've enjoyed listening you know, all those things that you can do to help us is like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, send it to a friend, um, send us some feedback if you don't like it, if you do like it, whatever. We all want to know. And uh, if you do send us messages, um, do appreciate you and we try and incorporate all of the messages that you send into the information that we give. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast.